Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Real-time crime. An iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Real-Time Crime, and welcome me back to America. Um, baby in L.A., and if you are looking at a clip of me, you can see we've got the murder board behind me, which only means one thing. I'm at home. Am I happy? Yeah. No. I was no, just gonna I'm say not. <laughs> let's let's stop the facade. We don't have to pretend like you're happy to be back in your your apartment living room in Los Angeles while your boyfriend is over in Europe. You left for Europe for like you're like, I'm going for a long weekend. <laughs> Five weeks later, she's like, I'm back. Here's what really happened, Dimitri. You didn't lay out the timeline correctly, and everyone deserves to know the details. I was going to a comedy festival in Dubai for six days. Then some friends were like, hey, why don't you come to Croatia with us before Dubai? Me, having never been to Europe, never studied abroad, has never gone on vacation, was like, yeah, maybe I'll do it. And since I've never gone on vacation, I was basically just like, oh, my God, two and a half weeks out of America. This is insane. I shouldn't do this. This is crazy. So mm, three days into my trip in Ibiza, my friend Danny was like, oh, my God, there's this um, Jewish guy coming and he, oh you guys should really get together. 
he's Australian. That was my Australian accent. Yeah, so nailed it. Yeah, and I hate when people push Jews together. So I was like, no, I don't want to meet this guy. You know, it's like we're not going to get along just because we're both Jewish. You know, and, and you're like, and no, we're going to get along because holy crap, he's hot. There we go. I saw him and I was like, never mind, I'm in. <laughs> um, and the rest was history. And so after. Mm, Dubai I went back to London and then I went to the Cannes Film Festival and I went back to London and then we went to Paris together and then we went back to London and I met his family oops also ran into my ex in London who literally tackled me to the street oh, in front of your uh, new boyfriend no he wasn't there oh. but he pulled me from here's the craziest thing he found me in London pulled me from behind and then tackled me down on, onto the street and I literally didn't even scream <laughs> Was your ex-boyfriend like a WWE wrestler? or uh... <laughs> No, but the fact that I didn't scream lets you know that I'm just like prepared to die. I was like, well, all right. <laughs> I just gave up. <laughs> I guess you got to be that. In order to uh, host a true crime podcast, you have to be okay with uh, with whatever happens. With yeah, I was demise. like, well, this is it, you know. Um, but anyway, you guys... This is not what this is about. I'm, yeah. I came here because I literally waited for the very last day to come home for Eric Griffin's wedding, which is today. Oh. So I'll be going to Eric's wedding later. And if Eric wasn't getting married, I would have stayed in Europe. So we have Eric to thank for my grand return. Ugh. Wait, so why didn't you bring um? Why didn't you bring your boyfriend back? No, he oh, also has a wedding. Did Eric not give you a plus one? Yeah. Well, no, Eric. Eric did give me a plus one. Ironically, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, we have a cancellation. You want to bring your boy? I'm like, he's in London. He's been following your social media. He's like, oh, crap. <laughs> well, Eric has heard me talk about my sad, sad love life literally for years now. So he, of all people, is very happy about this. But um, no, he couldn't come. He also has a wedding. But I'll see him in a couple weeks. You guys, no one wants to hear about it. Right? Thank you. I think, I think they deserve an update because I'm sure they've been following you on social media. And I think they deserve to kind of hear the update and what's going on. But well, it's also um, interesting. We don't want to lay it all out now because we want to save it for when he comes on. Yeah, but also, you know, on my social media, I'm still single, and all my clips are like, oh my god, I'm single, and fucking um, guys. There was a couple. Snap. Your story's got like, a couple of pictures. They look like engagement pictures, so I was going to ask you about that. You're do you know still... I lost 2,000 followers Hold up posting hands. one photo of him? Did you really? I lost 2,000 followers, and then I, I posted some stories being like, look, people, at some point, I am going to find a guy who will stay forever, so if you're going to leave, just leave now, because... I don't know what you thought. Did you think I was going to marry you, person I've never met from the internet? Probably. Like, what, I'm what sure did a good you want? Portion of them, yes. Yeah, but I mean, you know. So anyway, moral of the story is, uh, I haven't really released the Kraken on Instagram yet. Okay. Officially. Well, we look forward to that. Thank you. Speaking of boyfriends, our first hot topic today deals with a woman who allegedly films herself throwing her cheating mother's ashes in a body of water. The fact that you just said, hmm, you've heard and seen it all. I, I mean, that's one of our hot topics for today. Another hot topic we'll be discussing is an animal rescue CEO arrested after 30 dead cats and dogs found in her house. Finally, rounding out with a SoCal woman finding $36,000 in cash hidden in a couch she bought off Craigslist. And we have a very special guest today, Katinka Newman who is a documentary filmmaker who created Girls Gone Wild Exposed, which will be airing Monday, June 13th on TNT. I can't wait to talk to her. But let's go back to that first yeah, story. Yeah, let's not gloss over that. <laughs> so she, this, this woman had a, a boyfriend that cheated on her, and her mm -hmm. revenge was to film herself. By the way, when you film yourself, you can't... Well, 
oddly she enough, selfie sticked. <laughs> but you can't then say I didn't do it because you <laughs> made the evidence yourself. You're literally but, like, look at me. I did it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I did it. But this is so there's the two wrongs make a right thing. Right. But then there's like a worse or a worse wrong. Right. So I'm sorry that your boyfriend cheated on you. Okay. But Are if you, you want to, I don't really give a shit. It, it seems like he cheated because she's a little crazy. Well, yeah. And then so her getting back at him was to throw his mother's ashes in a lake. Like, I don't think, I'm sorry that he cheated on you. Move on. It was a boyfriend. Sometimes this shit happens. I don't think it should happen, but sometimes it does. But to, to then desecrate his mother's ashes in a lake because that's like your revenge thing, just lose the sympathy. The whole point of, of doing something or saying you got cheated on, I assume is to gain sympathy and you've thrown that out the window. I think we're going to have to call you Dimitri Pappas off. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're, I think we're good. Okay. 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 Never mind. Yeah. So this 40 year old woman, Augustine Gladney in May. <laughs> She's in her forties. It's even worse. I mean, uh. it, it, okay. So this is nearly two years after she was accused of throwing her boyfriend's mother's ashes into Lake Worth, um, had a video go viral on social media about her throwing the ashes in the lake. Of course, it's always social media bringing things back into the light, you social sleuths. Apparently, this happened in 2020. You know, COVID made people do crazy things, but she cannot check off COVID for this one. This is all her, babe. So apparently, they were not on good terms, which is obvious. And then uh, the man overheard a conversation between the suspect and her daughter in which she said she'd thrown the urn into the lake. And then she later did admit to it. And a video posted to the social media platform TikTok, LOL, described the incident gained traction over the weekend, gaining more than 30,000 views, which, to be honest, is not that many. Um, the video, which appears to be a reenactment of the incident, received 100 comments. Gotta be fair, I don't know why we're considering this viral. <laughs> like, this is, I, you know, I got 100 comments on oh. a bathing suit. <laughs> I should have gotten more, to be fair. Should have gotten more. It should have been uh, illegal that I only got 100. But she's now facing an abuse of a corpse charge, which is a class A misdemeanor. Yeah. I mean. That's class A, not class E. Let me. Oh, oh, Dimitri. That was for you. Wow. Thank you. Thank You're you welcome. for my welcome back to LA joke. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Now, let me ask you something, Dimitri. What's the craziest thing you've done or would do to get revenge on an unfaithful partner? Earmuffs to your wifey. That exactly what I said. Play the sympathy card, right? Get that, the whole point of when you've been wrong. This is your prime opportunity to get to get sympathy and to get attention from other people. Just just own it. Once you do something wrong back, then you're just as bad, but in a different on a different stage. Well, Dimitri, thank you for asking me the same question in return. So here's well, I, my answer. literally I was <laughs> breath. Leah, how about you? You're not allowed to breathe, Dimitri. Oh, I'm well aware that you asked me a question so that you can answer it. Go ahead, Leah. What would you do? <laughs> so, you know, that's like when someone says, like, you, you text someone, hey, how are you? But really, you're just trying to get the conversation going so you can talk about yourself. Of course. Anyway. Um, hey, Dimitri. Hey, how are you? Okay. So I will say that this was not intentional and it's not as weird or crazy at all as anyone would think. So I have suspected that my ex-boyfriend was cheating on me with multiple women around the world which he was it was a long story mm -hmm. so then there was one day where he was in mexico lol and he told me he was so tired he was working on set and i had so much sleep. i was like oh babe i'm so sad for like you know you're, you work so hard you deserve sleep and you deserve all 
all the best things. You're so hardworking. I love you so much. And he's like, oh, I'm just going from set to set. Did he say sex to sex or set to set? Set to set. LOL. Hurt my feelings one more time, Dimitri. I might just cry about it. Don't worry. I don't have any feelings left. Was it the antidepressants or is it the exhaustion? Who's to say? So then, so then there was this girl that he recently started following on Instagram. Um, at this time on Instagram, you could still see who liked whose photos. Mm, So you were still able to, (laughs) you were still able to stalk people that way. Right. He was liking all our photos. And then I saw that he had been commenting all this extremely flirty stuff on her photos. And he recently started following her. And then I saw that they were at a musical, a music festival together. And she was posting like heart eyes on him on her Instagram story and all this sort of stuff. So how did you piece this together? Still seems very (laughs) benign. So then he came home and I asked him about her. I said, hey, is something going on with that girl? And he was like, you're being crazy. Nothing's going on with her. And she's an old friend. Oh, an old friend that you just happened to meet this weekend. Someone you just started following because she's such an old friend. Anyway, so then... The next weekend, he's like, he goes back to Mexico and he's like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm going set to set again. And I have a little less sympathy this time. And I see that she happens to be on set from her Instagram stories because she's a little clout chaser. He was a well-known person. Okay. So then I see on her Instagram story, he's like, babe, I I I can't make it back to America I got to shoot this whole weekend. And I was like, that's okay. I understand you're busy. Congratulations on being successful. I see on her Instagram story that they, she actually, let me reverse. He flew to go see her in Guadalajara for the whole weekend. And she's Instagramming the fuck. You were still together at this point? No, no, no. So once I saw that, there had been some questionable moments in the past where I like blocked, unblocked him. You know, went crazy. I was like, you're cheating on me. And he was like, no, no. I just got, um, I caught something at the gym. <laughs> I'm sure he did. I wouldn't rule that out either. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I caught something at the gym. So I didn't, and I didn't want you to think I was cheating on you with someone. So I didn't want to tell you I was home when I was home. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of, uh, little white lies in there. I think along the way, white lies are just full on lies. Anyway, moral of story. So then. Uh, I block him on everything. And at this time, I'm basically living with this guy. I had already moved out of my apartment. And I was just about to leave to go to an event. So I had... This is so random. (laughs) I cut my hair and I had intended to come back to the apartment. But I never went back to the apartment. And I left my hair like my dead hair all over the floor so weird <laughs> like piles of dead hair everywhere i think that's our and, that's our and, social clip right there no context <laughs> just I, I just left my dead hair all over the floor like i left the dna we know who did it it was me it's my hair on the floor is it exactly the color of my hair because it's my hair it sure is and um i i can only imagine since i blocked him he tried getting in touch with me a bunch uh uh, he came home and just saw my hair everywhere. <laughs> anyway, um, not to beat a dead hair. Still not as bad as throwing an urn of 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 mother his mother's ashes in a lake. No, 
It's odd. It's odd, but it's not. And it wasn't even revenge. It was unintentional. I just couldn't fathom the idea of going back there. Anyway, um, so yeah, let's just move on, I think, because I'm... I think I spent a lot of time talking about my ex-boyfriend. I'm actually a little more nervous to hear uh, what story you might have that goes along with this next one. Sorry, Dimitri. <laughs> Seeing the light fade from Dimitri's eyes is no, a no, no, really no, no, no. harrowing thing. So this woman is arrested after they find 28 dead cats and two, uh, 28 dead dogs and two dead cats that were decomposed and kept inside cages and crates in her home. Mm -hmm. And she was the CEO of an animal rescue. Mm-hmm. So apparently, and I think she I think she misinterpreted what that job entailed. Dear God. Apparently, deputies performed a welfare check uh, at her home, Caroline Pennington's house. She's 47. Uh, this was May 22nd. So just a couple weeks ago after receiving calls about a smell of death at her house. Not even something weird's happening. The smell of death. Who called this in? I don't know who called it in, but it, I mean, obviously it must have been a neighbor or something, but it, it, it's twisted. This woman was the CEO of an animal rescue and somehow she got 30 animals into her home and it says they died from um, starvation and, and dehydration. Uh, dehydration. So but that this was my point. Clearly, she doesn't know what that job entails. Where was she rescuing from them from if she brought them home and left them to die? Absolute animal cruelty, but also like, do you think that you would be able to identify the smell of? I think it's probably a smell of like because I, people have reported like when it's usually like a dead body or something, Oof. but people people say, oh, it, it's just it's probably beyond a stench that you've ever comprehended. So you're like, this has got to be something bad. The other thing that's so odd is that apparently they'd been deceased for a while. How did she live there? How did she physically? live there well, wouldn't you not be able to breathe i'm guessing uh she has some issues she's not all there um clearly obviously to do any of the stuff that she has done um is sick and twisted so uh, it's a great question how did she live there but it's kind of like who even needs an answer for that because if you're able to do the first part the second part doesn't really the second part's not going to surprise i mean do you think she used her status as ceo and director of the animal rescue called growl to steal donations meant for the care of animals? Mm. What did she, but what was she even doing question. with that money? Like, it it's appears it's not as if she was taking care of herself or her no. home. or What was she using the money for? Listen, it's I, all kind of confusing. I don't condone scams like that, obviously, and especially not when you're harming animals. But, I mean, this is going to sound stupid. Think it through, though. If you're taking the money and you're taking the... You're just bringing them home and then leaving them dead in your, in your house or your apartment. It, it doesn't a huge mental disconnect here obviously for many reasons but you couldn't even execute this what do you think that she'll get charged with and do you think that she'll file for mental illness i think that's what i think that's the the hip thing to do the trendy thing to do now is to is to say uh oh it's mental illness because well it's like what's they're my probably excuse? not there to think of it right because maybe they do have a mental illness or they obviously have some sort of mental illness to be able to do something like this but to then be like you know, they get a lawyer and the lawyer says, well, here's what we're going to do. And that's where the, the whole I, I, I understand that everybody deserves a lawyer, but that's where this kind of stuff bothers me is because don't come in and give them something that might get them off because they don't deserve to get off and they don't deserve to, to make up reasons why they can get out of something. Just lay out the truth and then let the jury decide. And guys, that was Dimitri Pappas on getting off. Well, I don't think that was the theme. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, in the legal uh, connotation. All right. I, we don't have a lot of time today, 
because we have an incredible interview coming up. So I just want to, do you mind if we just run through this last story, Dimitri? Let's do it because I think it's, so we're crazy. leaving it on an upbeat. I think we should do that before yeah. we go to the guest. I think let's, let's have an upbeat story. And this is a wild story because I just want to say good people like this, I think are rare. And it sounds like this woman found God odd which most of us need to do <laughs> i mean listen okay this so-called woman finds thirty-six thousand dollars in cash in cold hard cash hidden in her couch that she bought on craigslist like okay and here's what happens is in one of the pillows and she said she was never tempted to keep what she found she immediately returned the money to the family who gave her the furniture she said god has been kind to me and my children they're all alive and well i have beautiful grandchildren so what can i ever ask of god yeah thirty six thousand dollars yeah okay so she said she was browsing online ads for new furniture and she saw some free items free so she clicked on the first thing that came to mind that the family wanted to give away was a sofa and everything in their bedroom and she said she thought it was maybe a gimmick and it wasn't a gimmick the family just wanted to give away the furniture and explain that a loved one had recently passed and that they were just liquidating everything they owned so the sofa and the chair fit perfectly into her home and when she was inspecting them she just found thirty six thousand dollars of cash in envelopes and when she returned the cash to the family they said that they had also found other cash inside the house but only a few hundred dollars which is i mean this is all crazy also i just will say my jewish grandmother did this as well she hid money in books and in in pillow cases and just like a whole bunch of interesting things like that but anyway as a thank you they agreed to pay for a new refrigerator for her and gave her twenty two hundred dollars okay nice. if you, i mean if you found thirty six hundred dollars in a second hand couch are you giving that thousand dollars i think i'm i think i'm i'm notifying the people I, I honestly do i think one part of me would probably be a little scared be like do they know and now they're going to come and get it at some point so i'd like to uh, i'd like to take out the portion where they come breaking into my house to take it back. Maybe they were hiding it from someone and how to get it out of the house. I don't want to be the target from somebody else. But also, you know, I can't sit here and preach that I think people should do the right thing more often and be like, oh, if I found $36,000 in a couch where I knew where the couch came from, if I got the couch from like a secondhand store, eh, maybe it's different. I'd probably hold on to the money. I thought it was drug money. That was my first thought. Right. Was it this is dirty money and that's so terrifying. My second thought was, could I pay off my student loans in cash? <laughs> and the answer is no, not even close. But the thing is, so my my first thing, um, I know we're going to go because we have a guest. But my thing is, my first thing was like, you know what? Who who hides $36,000 and then forgets? Like you sell a couch, whatever. You, you don't remember you put it there? But then it said that a loved one had passed. So clearly the loved one probably hid it there. And they were just getting rid of the furniture. So then I really do feel badly for them. Yeah, of course. And it's like, you know, the money went for the family. Do you think they should have given her more money? I probably would have given her, like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. $36,000 mm. and you get 2200 and a new fridge. Uh-oh. Um, this is like the price is right. It is like the price is right. It yeah. could have been a little a bit fridge, more. And you got a fridge and you got a fridge. That's Oprah. Okay. I probably would have done 5000 Yeah, I would have done 5000 that, that was the number that came to me, too. Look at us. Look at us, little 5,000 heirs. But also, you know, it's interesting. Like, I found something valuable in an unexpected place once, too. I found a British Jewish boyfriend in Ibiza, which is like, <laughs> I literally fell in love in a hopeless place. So anyway, you guys, let us know in the comments on at Real Time Crime Pod 
how much money you would have given her back. And we got to go to break because we're about to talk to a Girls Gone Wild exposed documentary filmmaker. And we're about to hear everything, all the dirty secrets about Girls Gone Wild that we have not heard about. So stay tuned. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. And we're back. Hello, everyone. Welcome back from our break. I hope you enjoyed whatever ad you listened to. I know I did. Guys, this part of the episode is really special. We have with us an incredible, award-winning documentary filmmaker, director, and writer who created Girls Gone Wild Exposed, which is airing Monday, June 13th on TNT. Her name is Katinka 
Blackford, Newman, Katinka. Okay, we're very glad to have you here today. And I am just so excited about Girls Gone Wild Exposed, which is airing Monday, June 13th on TNT, the day before my birthday, early birthday gift for me. Katinka, so you're an award-winning documentary filmmaker, director, writer, and you've been in the TV business for over 25 years. So you know a good story when you hear one. And we've got a million questions for you about Girls Gone Wild Exposed, why you got involved, what intrigued you about it. And we can get into all of that in just a second. But for those of you who don't know what Girls Gone Wild is because you've been living under a rock, let's talk a little bit about what Girls Gone Wild Exposed will uncover. It will uncover the truth behind former Hollywood it boy Joe Francis as he continues to evade justice and reveals for the first time audio recording of verbal altercation between Francis and his estranged wife, plus young women's account of being exploited, coerced, and assaulted while Francis raked in millions of dollars. On June 13th, TNT will air Girls Gone Wild Exposed, taking viewers beyond the harmless fun of wet t-shirt competitions and booze-fueled spring breaks and into dark back rooms with Joe Francis, where girls were coerced to take part in actions far more sinister than flashing on a beach. The show documents Francis's increasingly bizarre and violent downward spile, which all played out in the public eye while he continued to rub shoulders with some of Hollywood's most popular stars. I'm sure you know a lot of them. With first-time exclusive accounts, the two-hour episode uncovers an audio recording of a verbal altercation between Francis and his estranged wife, along with interviews from the women who say their lives were ruined and who are now battling to reclaim their identities by sharing their stories, some of whom were even on the covers of these videos without ever even knowing it. All right, Katinka. So pleased to be here. It was so happy to have you. And I mean, everyone knows about Girls Gone Wild. This is a a huge sensation that took America by storm. And I guess we're curious to know what attracted you to the Girls Gone Wild story in the first place? And how did this whole project come about? Well, I guess as a as a film like filmmaker, I like to give a, a voice to ordinary people, um, and it struck struck me that there was that there was definitely going to be a story behind this. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I didn't realize, I thought to begin with that I was going to be making a film about a sleazy pornographer. I had no idea the the extent of the abuse um, that was behind the Girls Gone Wild's empire. Um, so Joe Francis, he, he basically was given a free pass by the entertainment industry, by the celebs that, that he hung out with. Um, and women trusted him. People trusted him because he rubbed shoulders with the Kardashians and um, Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston, so on and so forth. Um, so to begin with, I thought it was, uh, I thought that uh, we were going to be making something uh, that that was was just looking perhaps at the, uh, that, that, you know, things weren't quite as they seemed and that there would be something, you know, beyond the kind of the girls flashing the camera, the camera and so on. You didn't know how right you were. I didn't know how right I was. You're absolutely right. So um, it turned out to be a much bigger story. I was I was genuinely shocked by some of the footage that I saw. So basically what was happening was that girls were being um, filmed without their uh, without even knowing that the cameras were there so some some girls were 
taking part in bikini contests. They had no idea that the cameras were there. Uh, and then they would discover many years later that they were had been cut into the Girls Gone Wild videos. Mm. Um, but worst of all, there were girls who were some some were underage, but some had you know just turned 18. Uh, they were they were plied with drink by Joe Francis and his cameramen. And they uh, were then um, asked to sign very complex legal documents. And then he and his cameraman would persuade them to take part in really hardcore girl-on-girl sex scenes that they would never, ever usually have taken part in. And then they would wake up the next morning and think, oh, God, what, what, what did I do? And, of course, uh, they'd signed away all of their rights. Um, and that footage is still out there. It's interesting because you, when you said, you know, it's it seemed one thing and, and I do, you know, this was at the time where all this kind of reality stuff was really booming. And so people thought, oh, I'm going to be on camera. And but it was really was portrayed in Hollywood and everywhere. I'm proud to say that I never bought any of those and I never got into those. But it was there was portrayed that this was just people having fun. and Oh, there's a camera. Oh, I'm going to lift up my shirt. And it seemed very much like everybody was, you know, was going along with this is just people who wanted to do this. But then I watched the. Um, and deep down and after the years went on, we learned that it wasn't that. But I watched the trailer for your documentary and uh, fantastic, by the way, even just that, that two and a half minutes. But when it goes, oh, and this and girls were doing this and this. And then you cut to the one girl and she goes, it was the worst night of my life. And it's like that right there encapsulated everything that we didn't know was happening. You know, we thought, as you explained, everybody thought, oh, they're doing this for a free T-shirt. How exciting. But there was so much darkness behind it. And, and also most of these women were never compensated, right? No, that's right. I mean, he was making, uh, at, the, at his height, Thus One Wild was, uh, was making 100 million a year. And these <laughs> girls were, were getting um, a T-shirt or a hat. So it was built into his business model that he knew that he would be, that, that, that he, he would be sued by some girls who are underage or whose image he'd stolen or whatever. On the, for the main part, he got away with it. Because once these girls, if they were 18 or over, if they had signed that document, that was it. They had no rights whatsoever. But occasionally, girls who were underage or whatever would, would be able to sue. So that was in his business model. So there was a lawyer who was, uh, who was representing somebody and she had uh, access to these documents. And that was, that was in his business plan that he was, that you know, millions would be spent on um, when he was Sued, but then very very in, in terms of paying talent it was just t-shirts and hats can you imagine being so in your business model uh put some money aside for when we inevitably be, get sued for taking advantage of underage yeah. girls like that's that's in the budget that's why do you think they didn't take any precautions to find out how old people were before they filmed? they did they did but girls i mean this is a sad thing girls were so keen to do it that they would oh, lie wow. about their age for, for me, I call Girls Gone Wild when I look at my credit card statement after going to the Chanel store in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be paying that back for a while. We've <laughs> signed that away as well. Yeah, Joe France has got nothing on me. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, this is honestly, this is also interesting because Joe touted female empowerment because he said that these women had a choice to participate in the videos he produced, just like you were saying. And when you factor in all the alcohol they consume, do you believe that they were actually advantage of, or do you think that there was an element of female empowerment? 
I mean, when you some of the some of the videos of just girls, you know, just uh, taking uh, taking their t-shirt up and, and flashing their breasts and, and so on. You know, that's that's one thing. But it's a completely different thing when you've got girls who are drunk and scenes um, uh, and really genuinely they, their lives were ruined by that. You know, years later, that, that footage was out there. They met, but at that point, they may have got married and so on and so forth. Um, some were um, just kind of ostracized by their community because of what it, because of what had happened. So it really lives were being ruined. It, it, it just wasn't about girls flashing for the cameras. That's not what it was. That's really not what, what that was about. That was just a front. And behind that, something much, much sin more sinister was going on. And as the as our research progressed, we worse than that, that, that Joe Francis is a violent abuser. Um, the film opens with an audio recording of him beating up uh, his, um, the mother of his children. Um, and uh, there have been many charges of violence against him. So he's got form. And what's the current state of him right now? Is he out of the country? No, he's, he's in a Mexico, fugitive right? in, in Mexico. So if he comes back to the, to the States, he'd be arrested. And he's just living in a luxurious estate, right? Yeah, he has a beautiful Mexican villa. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, his wife—he's not his. His wife is fighting for custody for the for the children. So well, embroiled in a in a in a custody battle. And he was saying that she kidnapped their two daughters, but I guess that she left, saying that Francis was doing drugs and was abusive throughout all that. Right? Isn't that well, what was going on there? I think he says that she it's a, um, he says that he she kidnapped the children. Mm -hmm. I, I I doubt if she's got the children. Well, she they, does. Okay. They met because of the you know America's most hottest woman in America competition, right? That was how they met, and she won. That's right. Yes. Well, I think I think possibly quote, they quote. may have met before that, but but she was, uh, but she was in the in the Girls Gone Wild videos. So it was a competition for the position of his girlfriend. Well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Basically. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really interesting because there is a difference between flashing a camera, right? That doesn't necessarily ruin your career. That's something that happens at Mardi Gras. That, that's HBO or Netflix, say. But anything past that, you know, some people might even say doing that could, could make your career as an actress. But anything past that is, you know, that, that's exploiting someone if that is against their wishes. Well, they were they were completely drunk and and persuaded to sign very complex legal documents that gave were the they company the rights to the, the right to sell that to, to use that those images and sell them to uh, to other distributors. So it was it's really sad. I mean, when I when I watched those videos it was just sickening you could just tell so young and it kind of looked like child pornography it really did they were they they looked so young they were so impressionable and they were they were being forced into into orgies and joe was coaching the girls right i 
either Joe or his cameraman were um, choreographing these orgies. Oof. The, the sad we, thing is, really this, this, and this let's goes face on. it, you know, millions of people were buying these videos. People saw what was going on. So it's really extraordinary that it, um, it was kind of allowed to, to continue. Yeah, they they had infomercials, right, and in and like the paid programming on TV where they would advertise these videos, and people would order them, and they would be sent. And the fact, just to think that that's what was on the videos, that's what's happening. And I don't know if it was just that he went about it legally from the perspective of being able to do anything about it, but that seems kind of ridiculous to be able to, to buy paid programming and have a commercial for people to order VHSs and DVDs. Of well, yeah, particularly that in, in, because they weren't being paid. I mean, it's quite different thing isn't it if you've got actors who are being who um who understand uh the, the contract that they're signing and elect to take part in a pornography scene because they're being properly paid that's a completely different thing than girls who are barely uh legal of the legal age are, you know barely 18 in some in some instances they were also underage because they lied about their age but let's say they are just 18 um, they they just don't know what they're doing. They're not getting paid for it at all. They're getting a hat or a t-shirt. It's completely yeah. wrong and exploitative. And they're doing well, things they just clearly would never usually do. Right. And so in, in 2013, Joe filed for bankruptcy before flew to Mexico with his ex, Abby, and their two daughters. Yes, that's right. So do you think that he has money to survive for a long time well, down there well i know that you can um that he rents out uh his mexican villa for i think it's something like forty thousand dollars a night oh my God. so he has a lot of celebrity guests you know now, do you think the man the man is an entrepreneur yeah. through and through so that's why you so you said he has holiday. two yeah <laughs> right you said he has two daughters now i don't know how old they are but do you think or was there any kind of change in his mind at some point when he all of a sudden he, he was taking advantage of these girls for so long that when he had daughters sometimes it can change someone because you see something from a different perspective do you think there was any any bit of that or you think he's just as, as sleazy now as he was then um i think that Joe Francis has a lot of uncontrollable anger issues. So documentary reveals that his own parents have taken, had taken out a restraining order against him. Wow. There were many charges. And one of the reasons that he fled to Mexico was there was a, um, he, if he came back, he would have to go to prison because there was a, um, he was, he was uh, found guilty of assault and battery uh, he invited some girls back to his house um, and um, wouldn't allow them to leave and and banged uh, one of their heads against the ground. So that was the that was the final charge um, and led to to him fleeing for Mexico as well. Of course, there was the money issues as well. So he has huge um violent he, he has huge issues with abuse and violence and i don't think that, that just changes overnight does it and ego because i saw the line where he says i'm joe francis 
Like he, has he thinks he's, you know, clearly thinks he's untouchable. Like why would, why would I have to answer to anything? He has, he does have, yeah, exactly. There is a sense of entitlement. And, and I think that it's just not something that changes overnight. And the documentary delves into some, into a possible explanation. It's not an excuse, but it's an explanation for where that comes from. He went to one of those, um, one of those schools for troubled teens where you know, mm. schools were very, wealthy middle-class parents send their kids who are a bit troublesome and they are these schools are well the school that he went to uh, was shut down because of abuse um, and the regime is just horrendous I mean literally you're dropped there age what 11 or 12 your parents don't tell you that you're going there that you think you're going somewhere completely different and then you look up and they're driving down <laughs> down the driveway and you don't you don't see them for another 12 months so he went to one of those schools and many of the pupils who went there um some have have uh, killed themselves some have drug problems all sorts so some of them have then turned and and done the same thing to other people where they lie to them yeah of course so is this it's what it's that situation isn't it that the abused becomes the abuser that is maybe is where his uh, need to control has has come from. Well, I I mean, it, to me, teaser. It just seems like a level of narcissism that's completely uncontrollable. Yes. He thinks he can get out of any legal issue. He's he's kicking and screaming essentially, being like, "Do you know who I am?" That's that his whole energy is, "Do you know who I am?" As they're showing him with Mario Lopez, and you know he's rubbing shoulders with the Kardashians. Yeah, it's, you know it's also confusing because it's like with all the money he had and all the success, how did he get so far in debt? Well. Um... <sighs> It's a good question. Uh, I guess. Um, well, actually, the, the the main reason entirely because of that, because of that sense of entitlement and narcissism. So mm-hmm. he basically he, um, uh, he he lost a whole load of money in one of Steve Wynn's casinos, um, and then he landed <sighs> to win. Oh my God! And then there was a big court case, and uh, and Joe lost. So he lost a huge amount of money uh, from that. Now, let me ask you this. So when you started this documentary, you said, okay, I think I know what this is. This is going to be this, you know, pornography thing. And then you realized the, the depth and the darkness to it. Was there ever a point either where you wanted to stop or was it that you wanted to, then you became someone like, I really want to get to the bottom of all this and expose all of this. And, and, I imagine it, there's a part of you that hopes that this guy will be caught and brought back in and, and justice will be served for the justice will never be served because those people won't get it'll never wipe away from their lives. They'll never get their lives back and all the trauma that's happened to them. But justice being served and that he would have to, you know, suffer for what he's done as well. Well, the documentary was commissioned initially as a one hour. And then when we realized what we had, uh, the broadcaster asked if, us if we could make it into a two hour. And we were mm. like, yeah. Um, and I think for me, the most important thing was that actually these women hadn't hadn't had a voice before. It takes a lot of courage to come out on TV and say that you've been raped by somebody who um, is a, 
who has been a celebrity. Um, and I think that I think it's been amazing for the for the for the survivors to have had a voice in the documentary and to really be believed, because I think that I think that there's a sort of consensus that a TV documentary like this, it, we wouldn't give people a platform unless we were sure that their versions of events were extremely credible. We wouldn't take the risk. So it automatically gives people credibility, doesn't it? Mm. Um, and I think that that has been massively empowering for women who have, for the women who have been completely disempowered. And you'll see when you see the documentary, you'll see that these are, are women who were disbelieved, and who, in one instance, she she uh, won a paltry amount uh, in a in a case against France. So she got ten thousand oh, dollars because slap in the face. Lawyers sort of argued or made some kind of argument that the company was going going bankrupt or whatever, and that she should just take what she could get or whatever. Um. So, so for me, that was the most satisfying thing. Um. And I, he's an incredibly charming, convincing man who may well just believe his own publicity the you know the things that he says like he, he genuinely when you, you'll see in the documentary that he just says things that completely are not true like there's a video of him uh, there's some cctv footage of him beating somebody up and you just and you just then see him saying oh you know that, that he didn't do it and i just wonder whether he believes it mm -hmm. whether he actually just really has his own kind of version of events it's just sort of playing in in his head and he is a complete he believes what he tells himself and certainly a lot of people believe him because he's just so charming so weird because i just keep telling people i won an oscar but i didn't <laughs> and i really do believe it i really do it you know i think that is again just like a, a level of narcissism that's so out of control and a lot of narcissists are very charming that's why people fall for them right and that's why they make great business people that's why you know a lot of narcissists do very well financially and when they're unmasked this sort of behavior happens well, you because know the narcissists love themselves right so then they portray that and then people see that confidence and it goes back to you know some of the best liars of the, the thing it's that old costanza uh, george costanza from seinfeld he goes it's not a lie if you believe it and so it's very possible that joe francis thinks i didn't do anything wrong i didn't do this i didn't do that and it's like that's think, very it's a very difficult right. case to argue with with, with someone yeah i think that that is uh i think that's absolutely i think that that's absolutely right i think he just believes it himself. So, do you think that there's anything that people will find absolutely surprising while watching the documentary? Uh, yes, I think the level of violence and I think the exploitation, but what was go really going on behind closed doors? That these girls were just they were they were uh, plied with drink and. When you hear, we couldn't, we're not, we weren't allowed to actually, for obvious reasons, show the sex scenes. But you can hear the audio, which in some ways is kind of like worse. I think people would just be totally shocked. Mm. And the the kind of the, the the whole kind of business shenanigans, how he was with his business. You know, people were tricked into a continuity agreement. Uh, the way he was with his staff, so on and so forth. There was a lot that we couldn't put in. But I think the thing that will 
in people's minds is is um, the audio recording of him beating up his the, mo- the mother of his of, of his children. It's absolutely chilling. I remember the first mm-hmm. time I heard it. It was like you know, it just made it was just sickening. You know, it sounds like he's about to kill her. Was the recording sounds- from before Mexico or in Mexico? It was in Mexico. Okay. So, that's, so yeah, so that's that. that's uh, recently. She had recorded it. She did. Mm. I mean, also, do you think after researching Joe that his intention when he set out to create this empire was for it to get this out of hand? Like, do you think that this was part of his nature and his business plan? Or do you think it started a little bit more innocently and then he just started spiraling and seeing what he could get? I think... I don't know the answer to that question, but I think that if you don't have a moral compass, it doesn't take long, does it? I mean, if you if you don't have any kind of parameters, you don't have any morality. I mean, nothing was off limits for Joe Francis. Absolutely nothing. So he started actually um, taking clips. So he worked as a production, or he, he worked on for a company for making a program called Banned from Television. Um, and that was uh, so. Basically, he was he was um, that was a series sort of taking kind of outtakes that no one could broadcast, and he would sort of package them up. Well, that kind of like shows a, a sense of tastelessness anyway, because they were kind of like accidents, you know, things that train crashes, things that nobody else would want to want to see, want to broadcast. So already you can see that mm-hmm. that this is somebody who who has a lack of empathy that that wants to make that, that you know that that doesn't care what he's broadcasting it doesn't care about people's feelings it doesn't have a sense of taste and decency it just doesn't have a kind of moral compass it doesn't care that he's making money out of people's misfortunes and in some instances you know people the, there's footage of people dying what did he care it was going to it was going to he was going to make money out of it oh it didn't matter God. that it was a train crash or a skiing accident or whatever if you if he could make money out of it great well okay so according to the hollywood reporter francis had been found guilty of false imprisonment tax evasion defamation contempt of court and assault causing great bodily injury and he pled no contest to felony child abuse and misdemeanor prostitution do you think that if he ever came back to america that he would be charged with anything else um, I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, that would that would be enough. I mean, he'd certainly have to ser- he'd, he'd certainly have to go to prison to serve the sentence that he ran away from. That's for sure. And the woman whose head he bashed did drive. She did. Yes, she did. And does she have any lifelong injuries? Um, I don't know the answer to that question. We didn't talk to her. We talked to her. Um, uh, we talked to the, poli- the uh, pol- policewoman who handled that case, and we read the files. But that seems to be his uh, Joe Francis' modus operandi. There were more than one occasions when one occasion when he would slam the head of a woman on the floor. <sighs> that that was that's his uh, that's his mode of attack. Jeez. Well, or he's done that more than once. Your, your claim to fame is making a fortune out of other people's misfortunes. 
It's pretty sick. Now, question about the celebrities, because obviously you mentioned he ran with some with some high profile celebrities. I think I know the answer to this, but none of them are in the documentary. No, I mean, we approached 100 of his celebrity friends to ask yeah. them for, to take part and they do that. I mean, that makes um, sense. And, uh, and, uh, and it is, <laughs> yeah. it is really shocking. You know, they couldn't claim that they didn't know what was going on at the time. I mean, Joe Francis was, was in prison as in the early 2000s and he was in prison for quite serious charges, child pornography charges, but uh, and actually, you'll see in the documentary that Kim Kardashian is wearing a T-shirt saying "Free Joe Francis," and there's a, right. a clip of her mum, you know, talking to to phoning Joe in in jail, saying, "Oh, we, you know, we must get you out." I mean, it's extraordinary because Joe Francis wasn't—he was in jail for serious charges, and they continued to be his friend many years after that. So I don't know what will happen after the documentary airs whether they will um separate themselves from him i don't know the, i don't know the answer to that I imagine it's I imagine it's that's that typical uh we knew him as this we didn't know it's kind of like people that now or nowadays the, the more recent one I, I had never been to the island i didn't yeah. know what went on on the island you know it's whenever someone's attached to someone and then it comes out that that they were like oh yeah we're friends and there's pictures it's difficult to deny as you just mentioned with, with some of those people, that they were in those scenes. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I didn't know. So the next step is to come out and say, I didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. I, I didn't know any of that and I'm appalled. So I expect a wave of that to when the documentary comes out. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, this but is you can't. They can't. Sorry. They just can't say that. He was in jail in the early 2000s. You know, um, it was it was obvious what he was doing. I mean, yeah, this has Epstein right. vibes all over yeah, it. Doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, the other thing, you know, it's the same thing as what Dimitri is saying. It's it's like when people try to say, can you separate the art from the artist? Where, you know, it's like, well, all of these people who are heard and like, can you separate Harvey Weinstein from all the amazing films he produced? Can you separate? And, and I think it's once you know the charges and if you have eyeballs and you've been hanging out for a while, you have to know. Yeah. There's no way you can't know. You know, it's just someone turning a blind eye. Yeah, they I knew. Mean, right. They knew. I mean, the other thing is that this is feeling very reminiscent of yeah, Hugh true, Hefner true. and yeah. the Playboy Enterprises. You know, the only difference I would say from what I'm hearing is that Hugh wasn't as violent. Yeah, it's exactly. From what, we've, from what we've heard, you know, they think the violence is really what separates them. Yeah. And of course, Hugh never was charged and ran to Mexico. Um, you know, do you think that, do you think that there's any sort of connection between girls gone wild and playboy in that regard? Well, I, do, I don't know too much about playboy, but it seems that it was a much more honest enterprise. Isn't it? I guess, mm -hmm. you know, people were paid, weren't they? They knew what they were doing. Mm -hmm. um, they weren't underage. Oof. Um, so it, I, it, it was, it was more, it was more transparent and more open. Yeah. Whereas this so. was just this was just kind of, this was just kind of like it was not what it seemed at mm -hmm. all. That was not it was not what it seemed. There was no integrity there. There was no sense of oh you know we're going to pay these people properly. They know what they're doing. They're signing contracts. They know they there's informed consent. This is so dark. This is like this is like 
the guy like Hugh Hefner, and I'm not justifying anything he did because we talked about his th- those exploits uh, recently on episode two. But this is kind of like Joe Francis was just the guy that had came into money and didn't didn't give a shit and didn't care, no repercussions. And and you know Hugh Hefner went about it a different way. And again, I'm not justifying what he did, but Joe Francis just took didn't even take the, the the precautions to make it look like a legitimate thing. He you know he he. Well, like you said, force people to sign things when they were drunk and, and this and that. And he didn't pay him. And so it just seemed like he just thought, oh, OK, I got this thing going. I'm just going to. And I imagine as the money came in and the celebrities hung out with him, he probably felt more and more invincible. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, he's he's just somebody that just uh, he just has to win. And you see it over and over again that you're either, you know, you're either with him or you're against him. So he would just turn against anybody that uh, people who had been friends who disagreed with him, with him. He would just turn against them immediately. And he just and he just had to win. And that's why he lost a lot of money at the end um, of his time in the, in, the, in the States, because he just got into this battle with Steve Wynn, which was ridiculous. And he ended up losing, I think, as much as 40 million. <laughs> so he had... I mean, you have to laugh. Yeah, I mean, like, sorry, that's a little Schadenfreude, but I mean, you know, it's also interesting because forty million to someone who's making way more than that almost seems like a drop in the bucket. When in the first two years, Girls Gone Wild made more than twenty mil, and that was just in the first two years. It's like, how do you, how 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 do you get to such a level of narcissism? That that you go against yeah, Steve exactly. Wynn in court because you're because, because you're getting all this money for doing nothing for 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 basically partying right his entire life was a spring break and he's got hundreds of million dollars rolling in so why wouldn't he think that he can do anything in the world it's that's insane and Dimitri spring break <laughs> clearly it sure does for everyone uh, you know we don't want to. Uh, take up all your time because we could do this forever but is there anything else that you would like to share about the documentary or about joe francis or anyone related to the documentary that you think our listeners should know um i just i i hope that the documentary um just gives courage to the victims of, of other abusers really to to stand up and be and be counted and that, and that as a society that we will will listen to victims of abuse and that you know however famous or rich these guys are it's really important isn't it that we um that we keep our eyes open for 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 abuse and and you know that celebrities you know take responsibility for who they're friends with because it's their endorsement that allow these guys to get away with it yeah um, I'd say here, here's my pitch. I think we had uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter on one episode and we were talking about Brian Laundrie at the time and we weren't sure if he was in Mexico and he was like, the feds can't go down to Mexico. He goes, I can. So here's my pitch. Keep the cameras rolling. Let's talk to Dog and let's send him down there and drag Joe Francis' ass back to the US. I think it's a great cloud. Great. Brilliant idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is a case for Dog. Okay, well, Katinka, we can watch Girls Gone Wild exposed on June 13th. That's Monday, June 13th on TNT. We'll be tuning in. I can't wait to watch after speaking with you and watching the trailer. I am, 
I, I don't think excited is the right word, but I'm so intrigued about learning more about this case. And if you guys are in Mexico, keep an eye peeled for Joe Francis and don't yeah. give him your 40 K a night to stay at his villa. There are other no. villas in Mexico. You yeah. don't need to stay at his. Yeah. Good point. Katinka. It has been wonderful chatting with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate you so much. And thank you so much. Have a great evening. You too. Thank, thank you, you too. Katinka. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees, every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Uh, well, she was, I mean, it's, wow. it's always interesting seeing someone that's so delightful, but clearly she's, you know, she knows what she's doing. She's good at her job. And I mean, it, it's weird to think of someone, the type of person that you need to make something like that, right? In order to expose someone for being a douchebag you have to have someone that's really good and wants to call that stuff out absolutely i think sorry are we gonna uh <laughs> i'm like what order are we in i think are we're we just doing... i think we're just tagging it now and then we can go back and do the first part okay great um so we'll just cut this part out thank you danielle hi <laughs> all right well, wow that was so special getting to talk to contake 
Wow, that was so special getting to speak with Katinka. And I'm very excited to tune in for the episode. Episode? This is what happens when you just get off a flight and then do a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oof. Hello. Thank you so much. And you guys, this has been another episode of Real Time Crime. I've been Leah Lamar. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, at Leah Lamar, L-E-A-H-L-A-M-A-R-R, and on TikTok with five R's, and obviously Real Time Crime Pod. Find us on Instagram. Follow us. Dimitri, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me, same thing, Instagram and Twitter, same. It's just at Dimitri Pappas, D-E-M-E-T-R-I-P-A-P-P-A-S. No extra letters. S for savings. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, and as always, you can call in live. Have you seen a crime committed and you feel safe reporting it to us? Okay. Do you feel like there's a detail we missed in a crime that we've talked about? Fill us in. Call us are you, at are you considering, oh, I cut off the jingle. If you're considering committing a crime, call us first. We can talk you down from it. <laughs> now the jingle. Unless the crime is stealing my heart because uh, my British boyfriend will be very upset. You guys, call us live at 866-21-CRIME. That's 866-21-CRIME. 866-21-CRIME. That's 866-212-7463. Stay safe. We love you. Good night. That's where I pretend like my screen froze. Goodbye, Sasha Slaves. No one likes to talk about money. Am I saving enough? Can I buy a house? Am I paying too much in taxes? Will I be able to retire? What if you could unlock insights about your finances in less than five minutes with a clear picture of where you stand today and where your money can work harder? Now you can. Visit facet.com to take the free quiz and get your financial wellness score today. That's F-A-C-E-T dot com. This ad is sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth Incorporated is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America, and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on Easy Mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.